Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Diving Board Podcast. I am your host, Jill, and thank you so much for joining me for the second installment of the Amanda Bynes Deep Dive. Lots more information to cover in the second installment, so ready to just dive right back in. But before I get going, I just want to apologize that my voice is a little raspy. Uh, Just been presenting a lot this week and lots of speeches and presentations at work. So in the words of uh, my one of my favorite drag queens, Ginger Minge, they got me, gal. You know, <laughs> my voice is just so worn out and so tired. So a little bit of a rasp to it. But I always think it's kind of sexy when I when my voice gets raspy. So if you think the same and you want to figure out a uh, pay by the minute situation, just hang out till the end of the episode and I can just um, collect your credit card information. You know, we'll figure something out. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, like I said, excited to just dive right back in and pick up where we left off. So if you remember when we left last left Amanda, she was doing really, really great. She had just enrolled in fashion school. She was at FITM. She was kind of on the straight and narrow and people thought, you know, she was really kind of turning over a new leaf and kind of starting a clean slate. And like I said, everything was going great until it wasn't. And things kind of started going awry again and the spiral started once more on September 28th, 2014. And this is when Amanda was charged with another DUI. And she wasn't drunk because like I said, she's allergic to alcohol, which I don't really think that was the case. But in this case, she was not drunk. She was just driving under the influence of a substance. It was most likely Adderall, if I you know, had to guess. And they actually interviewed Rick Bynes the day later, and they said, yo, did you, did you bail her out of jail? What happened? And he said, he's like, you guys, the conservatorship was lifted. I have no control. I didn't bail her out. I don't know who bailed her out, but she's a 28-year-old woman. We don't know what's going on. She doesn't talk to us. And really, like I said, at this point, the spiral had kind of began to spiral again. And Amanda reportedly got kicked out of FITM, the fashion the fashion school she was at, for not attending classes. And she was actually offering to like pay her classmates to do her schoolwork for her. And just a really, really bad scene. And because she was not doing so well in LA, she decided to move back to New York because she does so well when she's in New York, right? Um, but, you know, she moved back and she got her long blonde extensions back. So we were starting to get a lot of glimpses into the old Amanda. There was some really weird videos circulating of her like riding a city bike. And um, if you don't live in a major city, that's like you can rent bikes in the city. We have Divi bikes here in Chicago, but she was on a city bike. She was like riding it on a crosswalk almost into traffic. It was just a really bad look. And she was also seen like limping around a Bloomingdale's. And people just didn't know what was going on. She actually also allegedly went to a club by herself. And the next morning, there was a bunch of pictures on TMZ of a woman who had a bunch of scratches and pinch marks all over her arms. And she said that Amanda Bynes had actually done that to her at the club when she saw or she caught that woman taking photos of her. So not a good look. Like I said, we're seeing a lot of glimpses of the old Amanda. And, you know, 
because we're seeing glimpses of the old Amanda, she returns to her proverbial, you know, digital stomping grounds, Twitter. And she says that she wants to transfer to NYU and to never believe the tabloids because they lie about her all the time. And a couple days later, there's actually some really, really bad surveillance footage from Barney's that kind of resurfaces or surfaces and it's of Amanda kind of like skipping and dancing around the store and there's a security guard big guy and she's like grinding up against him she's thrusting up against him and you're touching him and he's just kind of like girl what are you doing and this is it kind of escalated because she tried on a hat in the store and she really liked it but then while she was trying on the hat she realized that someone was taking pictures of her and you know that's kind of Amanda's trigger so she got really upset. She ran out of the store trying to cover her face with the hat, but she hadn't paid for the hat yet. So the security from the store is chasing her. The person who's trying to take pictures of her is chasing her. She, you know, is covering herself with the stolen hat. Really, really bad scene. Luckily, you know, she just gave the hat back to the store and they said, okay, we're not going to, you know, charge you with anything, but girl, get your shit together. So just, you know, everything was going so quickly downwards. And by October, Amanda says that she's now engaged to be married. So all these men need to stay away from her because she is going to be a married woman. And she also is still on the theme that she wants to sue in touch for lying about her. In touch, I swear, they are just the thorn in Amanda's side. Now, this is where things kind of take a really bad turn because more and more bad people start to enter Amanda's life. And probably one of the slimiest people in Hollywood decides to throw his hat into the ring. And this is none other than Sam Lufty. Now, if you're familiar with Britney Spears's conservatorship case, and Britney Spears is our ultimate icon on the Diving Board podcast. I know I have a lot of icons, but Britney Spears is definitely at the top. Like she is at the very top. Um, Brittany, if you're familiar with this case, Sam Lefty was Brittany's manager right before Brittany's meltdown in 2007. And he was stealing money from her. He was just being a really, really sneaky guy. And Brittany actually has a restraining order against Sam Lefty, just a really, really bad guy. And Sam Lefty, to give you context, I mean, he is just... He's kind of like, as you would say, like an ambulance chaser or like when there is a vulnerable woman in Hollywood, he can like sniff that out like a dog can sniff out a steak three blocks away. Like this man, if if there is a woman who is having a bad time and she's famous, he's going to show up as like the sleep paralysis demon because he also did this to Courtney Love. And now he's also you know contacting Amanda Bynes. And he just has a tendency of prying on vulnerable women. And Sam Lefty actually reached out to Amanda and he made it seem like he was her ally. He made it seem like he was her only ally, to be honest. And he said, I'm going to help you sue these tabloids. He's like, by the end of this, we'll probably own in touch. You'll be on the cover every week. And he was going to get her legal justice against her parents. Pretty much anything that Amanda was struggling with, Sam Lufty was going to like magically fix. And all Amanda needed to do to get this magic fix from Sam Lufty was to come to LA and she was going to meet Sam supposedly amazing legal team who was going to solve all of her problems. 
Now, Amanda didn't want to come to L.A. because that's where her parents are and she wanted to get away from them. That's why she moved across the country back to New York City. But she thought, okay, maybe maybe if I join forces with Sam, things will be okay in my life. And like I said, Amanda kept spiraling on Twitter. And especially after this Sam reach out, she says that she does not need mental help. She said the only thing she needs help with is looking pretty. That's that's the only thing. I mean, mood. Sometimes the way I go to work, <laughs> I need a lot of help looking pretty as well. Um, she also decides to tweet a absolute bombshell that growing up, her dad used to call her ugly. And he also essayed her growing up. So this is an extremely, extremely upsetting development in this story and especially an extremely upsetting thing to read on Twitter. But minutes later, Amanda tweets a rebuttal to this tweet and said that her dad never did any of those things. She said that the microchip that she currently has in her brain made her say those things about her dad. But the thing was, her dad actually ordered her to get that microchip in her brain. So at the end of the day, it's still his fault that she's tweeting all of this. Now, of course, this was extremely upsetting to her siblings. She has a brother and a sister, and they were really, really upset to read this. Because, I mean, imagine if if your sibling tweeted out a lie like that. I mean, that's huge, a huge lie about your father, and none of it was true. It's just... It's such a bad situation, and this really, really was hurting her family so much. And if you look into a lot of this claim online, some people think she's talking about uh, the producer, the Nickelodeon producer, Dan Schneider, who we talked about in the prior episode, because Dan Schneider kind of was, I guess you could say, her surrogate dad when she was on set. And, you know, there's a lot of allegations about Dan Schneider and how he crossed the line with a lot of young Nickelodeon girls. So I don't know. That's kind of a theory. But a lot of people say that when you look into this claim about her dad. But there's there's not a lot of hardcore proof to back that up. And the next day, Amanda wants to take up Sam on his offer and her whole life is going to turn around. So she boards a flight to LA and while she lands and she's in the airport, she's in LAX, there's paparazzi swarming her, of course, because she's a big, you know, tabloid fodder at the time. And she's talking a lot to these paparazzi and she tells the paparazzi that all of the claims that she made about her dad the day before, they're now all true. It's no microchip. There's no microchip making her say anything. This all happened. And she also makes a really interesting comment that she tells the paparazzi that she wishes her father was he who should not be named, but for the sake of the story, we got to name him, Jamie Spears. She says she wishes that she was the daughter of Jamie Spears because at least he's looking out for Britney and he would never send Britney to a mental hospital. Uh-huh. And at the same time, she also tweets out that Sam Lefty is like a brother to her. Again, uh-huh. Okay, um, yeah. So while she's doing all this and Sam is her new brother and Jamie Lynn Spears is her dream father, um, a cab meets Amanda at the airport, of course, to take her to the swanky London hotel to meet Sam and his incredible legal team. I mean, everything is going to come together once she meets Sam. 
But once Amanda gets into the cab, she realizes they're not taking her to the London Hotel. They take her straight to a mental hospital where her parents' attorney is waiting for her. Sam Lufty tricked her. Now, if you didn't know like the incredible sliminess of this man, like this is such an insane situation. And I'm not saying that, you know, Amanda was in sound mind or anything, but like the sick and twisted person you must be to do that to somebody is so just absolutely disgusting. And I just feel so bad for Amanda. Like I can't imagine how distressing that situation must have been. And I like, I have this irrational fear of like going to jail or like getting locked up. And I do absolutely nothing wrong, to be honest with you. So there's really no reason that I would go to jail, but I'm just always so afraid of the thought of like losing my independence or just like being locked away somewhere. And the thought of like going into a car where you thought you were going to go one place and then you go to a place, a mental hospital, you know, you know, one of the worst places you can think of. It just, it must've been such an upsetting situation. And I feel so bad for Amanda in this moment. And Sam Lufty is pond scum. So Amanda is once again on a psych hold for two weeks. And Lynn goes back to court to get another temporary conservatorship. And this is when the conservatorship was probably called for, at least in a temporary sense, because like I said, Amanda was again, just burning through her money. At the time, Amanda was worth $5.7 million, which before she actually had around $4 million in cash in the bank. And she also owned two properties in the Los Angeles area. I couldn't find how much um, her second property was, but the one property that she bought was worth $1.87 million. So, you know, if you do the math, I mean, I'm assuming that other property was at least worth another million dollars. She should have been worth around $8 million. So there was a few million dollars that no one just, no one knew where that went. And at the time she was one of the highest paid actresses. So there was a lot of money that just wasn't accounted for and there was nothing to show for it. So I'm thinking a lot of that money probably went towards Amanda's really bad drug problem, unfortunately. And some also say that she was buying Cartier jewelry for just complete strangers. It's like, how do you get that lucky that Amanda buys just meets you on the street and buys you something from Cartier? Like, what the hell? God really does have favorites. Um, And at this time, the conservatorship was extended and her hold was extended. But she was actually released the next day because you... Because in a situation like this, they can't force you to go to a treatment facility. You have to go on your own accord unless you're in a really, really bad mental state and you're 5150'd because then there is documentation that you're a danger to yourself and others. But other than that, you can't force someone to go into a treatment center. And as part of her conservatorship, Lynn Bynes sets up a trust so that Amanda will have the proper funds to house herself with, but she won't have access to just all of her money so that she can just spend it on whatever she wants. So Amanda gets back on Twitter and she announces that her engagement is off. She is a single lady again, but she also says that she'd rather her parents be homeless than live off of her money. 
And she keeps releasing kind of weird statements about just her hatred towards her parents. And a strange audio comes from a group of women who Amanda was kind of living with at the time, and they leak the audio to TMZ. And in the audio, it's it's really disturbing. Like, it's interesting because we never really get to hear Amanda's stream of consciousness. We usually read it on Twitter, but hearing it was next level and you kind of saw just wow this this woman is just not in a in a good state of mind and in the audio she talks about basically how she hates her dad and she really wants to lead him into a really bad situation and trick him and essentially unalive him you know it's just a really a really bad situation to talk that way about anybody, but especially your own father. It's just not, not good. So the next day after this audio is released, Amanda does damage control the only way she knows how. She takes to Twitter and she said she was just kidding in the audio. Like, can't you guys take a joke? This was all just an elaborate ruse. I was not, I didn't mean any of this. It's funny. Why aren't you guys laughing? What the hell? So yeah, the jokes about her wanting to unalive her dad. It's she's just kidding, you guys. Come on. She's a comedian. So the next day after it's all a joke, blah, 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 she tweets like a pretty bombshell tweet because we've never seen anything like this from Amanda because she always says, you know, how amazing she's doing. She says, I was I was diagnosed bipolar and manic depressive. So I'm on medication and I'm seeing my psychologist and psychiatrist weekly. So I'm fine. Big smiley face. And everyone was kind of shook because they were like, oh, wow, you know, she's finally coming out and saying that, you know, she has some mental illness. But of course, by the next morning, she denies this. And she says that that was tweeted out because her friend was tweeting from her phone. Sorry, guys. So from being Amanda Bynes, I mean, her account gets hacked rather often. There's a lot of imposters around. People are tweeting from her phone. It's just... So it's a really weird situation. She's got to put a passcode on that thing. So after that weird tweet and that kind of like weird span of a few months, Amanda really, really buckled down and was flying way under the radar. Like she low-key fell off the face of the earth. And by 2015, she re-enrolled back into FITM and she's focusing on school. And by 2017, I mean, she is doing awesome. She's off probation and the judge praises her for doing, quote, so much better. She does her first interview in four years and she says she's ready to return to acting. Girl is ready for her comeback. You know, I'm and hey, I'm ready for it too. And she also in the interview references the iconic Drake tweet. And she says like, come on, I was just shooting my shot, which girl... <laughs> I do not blame you. If I had the platform that she did, I would be like a feral animal. I would be shooting my shot with like everybody, especially Drake. I mean, he is the number one of my top five celebrity crushes. And I will not name all five right now because a lot of people make fun of my taste in men. And I always get a lot of ridicule for my top five. So we are not getting into that right now. Eventually we will. 
So let's fast forward into 2018. Amanda is on the cover of Paper Magazine's iconic Break the Internet cover. And you're probably familiar with the Break the Internet Paper Magazine, uh, the Kim Kardashian, you know, where she has the uh, champagne bottle and it goes back on her on her butt. Like that is Break the Internet, which I mean, this cover seriously broke the internet and is seriously one of my favorite magazine covers of all time. And you've probably noticed by now and could figure out like I am a kid who grew up just like pouring over magazines. Like I read so many magazines growing up. So it's a big deal for me to say that. And it really is true. I mean, she looks absolutely stunning. She looks so beautiful. The clothing, the styling, the aesthetic, everything is perfection. I'll, I still remember the first time I saw it. I like my, it took my breath away. And in the interview, she gets really, really candid and she goes into pretty much everything, you know, that happened during that time. And, you know, she blames a lot of her behavior on drugs. And she says she's so ashamed of the way she behaved and is just really, really embarrassed from it. And she said that the drugs really, really changed her entire personality. She said she experimented a lot with cocaine. She did Molly and just was you know, doing a lot of drugs, hard drugs, and they were changing her. Um, do I think that all of this can be blamed on drug use? You know, maybe. I don't really know. I mean, like I said, I'm not a medical professional and obviously abusing drugs can make people act really, really erratically and out of character and is an incredibly dangerous situation to put yourself in. But I do think maybe there's still some mental illness that she's dealing with. I don't know if it all can just be blamed on drug use. But again, that is just my opinion. I am not a psychiatrist in any way, shape or form. I am just a girl doing a podcast. So, you know, what what the hell do I know? I just know a lot about random celebrities in pop culture. So take my opinion with a grain of salt. But unfortunately, after the interview in Paper Mag, where everyone thought like, damn, Amanda Bynes is coming back better than ever. She's she's back. Our girl is here to stay. Amanda was kind of pushed back into the public eye and that really stressed her out. And that kind of led to a stress-related relapse. And in early 2019, she checked herself back into treatment. And also in 2019, while she was in treatment, she graduated with her associate's degree from FITM, which is amazing. We love an educated queen here on the Diving Board Podcast. Awesome accomplishment. Amanda also lived in a sober house for about six months, and she left the sober house later that same year. And during this time, Amanda is still in her conservatorship. So soon after this in 2020, Amanda debuted a new edition and no, it wasn't Sherbert Jr. Uh, it was a heart tattoo on her face in kind of like the middle of her cheek. Now, face tattoos used to have a really, really bad rap. Like when Mike Tyson first got a face tattoo, like everyone thought like this man is the most insane man on the face of the earth. Like he's really just gone off the edge. Like he has a face tattoo. But now in 2020, like with like Post Malone, who is number two on my uh, celebrity crush list. So 
give it, we're, we're chipping away. I'll release it all eventually, maybe in parts. But now with Post Malone, I think he's kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say normalized face tattoos, but they're not as like crazy as they used to be. That's kind of the trend. And so it wasn't the face tattoo that was so jarring for me, at least. It was the fact that it was like so poorly done. Like it just was the worst heart I had ever seen. And I am not an artist and I'm especially not a tattoo artist, but I really have confidence that like I could have done that better. It's like so crooked. And I'm just like, girl, like if you're going to get a face tattoo, we need to make sure it's done right. So that was at least the really big jarring thing for me. But people who still look down upon face tattoos, they were like, what is going on? She's back to her old ways. And it just was really bad. I mean, Amanda cannot catch a break when it comes to her perception in the public eye. But after this face tattoo, Amanda reveals that she's in a new relationship with a guy named Paul Michael. He's younger than her, which get it, girl. And they actually met in AA. Now, that's not recommended. They don't recommend that you get into relationships with people you meet in AA. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they, you know, maybe they found love in a hopeless place. So... (laughs) And she actually revealed that she got engaged to Paul Michael on Valentine's Day 2020. And Amanda is still in the conservatorship at this time, which this is when things get a little tricky when it comes to the conservatorship, because since her parents still kind of have that control, unless her parents approve of this marriage and give them legal approval, Amanda can't marry this guy on her own accord. Like she legally cannot make that decision for herself. So that puts things into a really serious bind because, you know, if they want to get married, they love each other. They they don't have that option unless her parents give them the go ahead. So that puts a lot of pressure and throws a wrench, you know, into a relationship. So soon after their announcement, they break up. But this is kind of where it gets weird because the next day they're back together and once again, their accounts got hacked and they had never been broken up that, you know, that was false information. These accounts, I swear, like is anonymous going after Amanda Bynes. My goodness, they need to redirect that uh, energy somewhere else. So again, there are, there's still some weird things coming out online, but Amanda definitely is not at the level of, you know, like 2013. And Amanda actually makes a really, really candid video and she posted on Instagram and she starts talking about her conservatorship and how much it's actually costing her. Because in this particular conservatorship, she can't make decisions for herself and she actually can't choose which therapist she'd like to go to, which treatment center she'd like to be at, that is all being controlled by her parents. And if you remember the Britney case, that also was the same case with Britney's conservatorship. Britney could not choose her own doctors. She could not choose her own therapist. She couldn't choose where she wanted to go. I mean, that must be such a hard situation because you really must feel helpless. You cannot make those 
really big decisions for herself. And she says that the treatment center that she's currently at was $5,200 a month. And she said, there's no reason that I need to be paying this much. And I could very well be going to a treatment center that my insurance takes. So I definitely see where her point is. And you know, that is a huge amount of money. So during this time, Amanda gets another kind of strange face tattoo. She gets another heart above her eyebrow and it's another very poorly done heart. I want to know who this tattoo artist is because I have some choice words for them. Maybe I can interview them for the diving board podcast. Um, And Amanda is posting a lot on Instagram. And like I said, while the content is not nearly as bad as before, it still kind of like shows glimmers of the old Amanda or like the themes that she used to really spend so much time talking about. She makes a video where she talks about how she looks nothing like the photos you see in the paparazzi and they are trying to purposely take really unflattering photos. She knows that they're photoshopping her photos so that she looks worse because she said, you know, when I look in the mirror, that is not the person I see. And she said, honestly, when I see these pictures and when I think about this, it really makes me want to cry. And I totally understand that. Like I relate so much to Amanda when she says stuff like that, because it's like, when you see a really unflattering photo, I mean, if you're already insecure, it really can ruin your day and it can ruin, you know, beyond your day because it's like you look in the mirror and you think you look great and you're like, okay, I'm confident. And then you see a tag photo where you're like, oh my goodness, why didn't anyone tell me I look like that? Which it's like cameras lie, pictures lie. It's things are unflattering. There's unflattering lighting, but it really does get to you. And you can tell Amanda is still really, really struggling with this, but I have to say she is handling this much, much better than before. And a little while after she launches this video, she launches a another pretty big bombshell on Instagram. And it's a picture of a sonogram and it actually has her name on it. And the caption says, baby on board. She turned all of the comments off, but it was it was weird because it was like, okay, Amanda Bynes is pregnant? Like, what? And like there was no pictures of her looking pregnant or super excited. All we saw was this uh, this uh, sonogram. And a few weeks pass and there's like virtually no mention of this baby. There's no pictures, like I said, of Amanda being pregnant. There's no updates, literally just a sonogram, and that's it. And two months later, her attorney comes out and says, Amanda is not pregnant. And he doesn't say no longer pregnant. He just says not pregnant. So that was kind of weird. Nobody really revisited that. Um just kind of strange. I mean, the sonogram had her name on it. There are a lot of theories about this situation and I don't feel comfortable speculating about it. It's just so personal. Um, Part of me wonders if she was ever pregnant to begin with. I really don't think she was, if I'm honest with you, but a really, really weird situation. And that's where we get those glimmers of the old Amanda where it's like, what does this all mean? 
So another couple of months pass, Amanda's radio silent on the internet, and she comes back to Instagram to give us all an update. She said she's back in Fitum, and she's pursuing her bachelor's degree, and she's trying to get a 4.0. We'd love it. Amazing. And she's actually been back in treatment for the last couple of months, and she's working a lot on her social anxiety because she said her social anxiety is really what caused her to drop out of FITM a few years prior. And I totally believe that social anxiety, I suffer from it. A lot of people suffer from it. And it really can um, take a hold of you and kind of make your decisions for you. So I definitely get that. That's a very difficult type of anxiety to navigate. She said that she's currently living in transitional living and she's doing therapy during the week. And she wishes everybody is safe and healthy. Now, I looked up transitional living because I just wanted to make sure I knew what she was talking about. And everything I found was transition with the term transitional living. It was kind of for folks, specifically youth who are experiencing homelessness. So I'm not sure if it's that type of transitional living. I think she was um, kind of what you know, you would call a halfway house, maybe like halfway from a treatment center to being totally free out on your own. So, you know, still getting treatment, which is amazing. I mean, again, mental health is a big journey and it's all a balancing act. And it's awesome to see that Amanda is taking the steps to kind of work through this balance and figure out just a way that she can manage everything. Because it really is something you manage your entire life. She says that she is still engaged to Paul, the love of her life. And Amanda actually goes to court soon after this post, and she wants to talk about her conservatorship. And in this court hearing, the judge actually extends her conservatorship till 2023. I mean, that's a really long time. Like we're talking years of people's lives. It's, it's a, these conservatorships, even though they're called temporary, I mean, in my mind, temporary is a few months, but I mean, a few years is a very long time. So Amanda is still dabbling in projects. Like I said, she's pursuing her bachelor's degree. She wants to start another clothing line because fashion is her number one love. And last year, she also released a song called Diamonds and she raps on it. And, you know, I mean, she's wanted to pursue this rap career, this elusive rap career for a minute now. So, I mean, I think this was a good step for her in her in in her rap career. It's only like a minute long. I listened to it a couple times. I mean, there's something you need to know about me. Like, I'm very secure in my taste in music. Like, I know I have good taste in music because like I just listen to everything. But I love like shitty songs. Like if you are a reality star, especially like one of the real housewives or like a Bravo celebrity or just like some like C-list celebrity and you release a song and it has like any kind of hook to it or it's catchy at all, I will listen to it over and over and over. Like I love bad music like that where it's like, it's so bad, it's good. Like if it has any sort of like a catchy beat, Like I'm listening to it. I love like music that drag queens come out with. Like if you look on Spotify and you see like, how does this horrible song have like 20,000 plays? I'm probably 10,000 of them. Like I, it's like my total guilty pleasure. If you look at like my top songs played on Spotify each year, a lot of them, it's like, oh, like 
she's got good taste in music. Okay, I see you. And then like the other half is like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it's I love them. They just make me really happy. So shout out to Amanda. We love a bad song. There's a market for it, girl. And I'm leading that market. I am leading the charge. And, you know, so in the timeline, this brings us to February 2022, just a few weeks ago. So Amanda released a video and she comes out and she says she's ready to go back to court to talk about her conservatorship. She said she's made a lot of strides and she's ready to take control of herself. And, you know, we'd love to see it. Amanda is really, really trying hard. She is you know, not going on Twitter and blaming her behavior and saying, you know, shifting the blame into like her account getting hacked or something like that. She's really over the past year has really taken control and buckled down. And her dad is currently still in charge of a trust of her money. And that might be something that could be revisited in the future as well so that she could have total control of it. But lifting this conservatorship would bring a big change for Amanda and she could really start making her own choices for her personal life. And that is huge because Amanda's going to be 36 in April. And like, this is going to be one of the first times in her life where she can really call the shots fully. And that, that just has to be like the most amazing feeling. And the awesome thing is like her parents are totally on board with this. Like Lynn says, she's proud and she's excited that Amanda is working towards lifting this conservatorship and she's ready to start a new chapter in her life. Like her parents really do want the best for her and or at least so it seems and they want her to do well. So her court hearing is coming up on March 22nd, just a few days away. And if everything goes well, Amanda could be making a huge stride in putting this entire journey behind her. And this really could just be the start of Amanda's adult life. It's just, it's, it's incredible. And I really, really just hope that, you know, everything goes well. And this is a, could be a really, really huge step for Amanda. And when you look at situations like this, I mean, these are situations that kind of open up more of a conversation about mental health. And I think over the last five, six, seven years, we have begun to talk about mental health a lot more candidly and a lot more openly. And this is something where we think how these conservatorships should be handled. Do I think Amanda should have been put into a conservatorship? Yes. I mean, you can come for me all you want. There was a time where Amanda was a danger to herself. She was a danger to others. And that is where these conservatorships are called for, where it's like, okay, we are literally just doing what is right for you and what is best for you as you work through this time in your life. Do I think these conservatorships should be years upon years upon years upon years? No. I think that is something we need to revisit that. We just can't keep extending these conservatorships. Be like, okay, it's 2020. I'm going to extend it three more years. Like three more years is a very long time. So that's something that needs to be revisited. Like I said, I know conservatorships now are kind of like the dirty word. We're not supposed to say it and we're not supposed to agree with them. There are some situations where a conservatorship is called for and it's actually safe, but we do need to revisit how long these conservatorships last. So since this is such a hot topic and it's been a very hot topic, especially in the press for the last year or two, I mean, the, 
I mean, the Britney conservatorship has honestly bothered me for years, even before the whole Free Britney movement exploded because I'm such a big fan of Britney and I was always really worried about her with this conservatorship. But over the last couple of years, it's really gained international attention. So I want to talk about how Amanda's conservatorship is different than Britney's conservatorship. Now, the biggest difference between Amanda and Britney was money in this conservatorship. If you look for the last few years, Amanda really hasn't brought in any income. She's a student. She hasn't been working. She hasn't been getting any acting gigs. People say there could be some income from her rental properties. I'm not sure if she still has those. I couldn't really find anything. So that's some income coming in every year, but it doesn't match the level of income that Britney Spears was bringing in during her conservatorship. Britney was under conservatorship while she was releasing several albums. She was on tours. She had a Vegas residency, the Peace of Me Vegas residency, which I was so blessed to be in the audience of in 2014. I actually had this amazing shirt that I bought at the Planet Hollywood gift shop and it was of Britney and it said, it's Vegas, bitch. And I don't know where the hell it went. I like, I've, it's gotta be somewhere, but I don't know where it went. And it makes me so sad because I tried to look for it on eBay in the event that I don't find it. And it's not even on eBay. If anyone can find me the tank top from the piece of me Vegas residency that says it's Vegas, bitch, I will pay you double. So just, just let me know. DM me at diving board pod on Instagram. But anyway, um, Brittany was making a ton of money during her conservatorship and she was not seeing any of it. She did not get to spend her own money. Jamie Spears and that little muskrat, Jamie Lynn Spears, they wanted control of millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. So that is a huge difference in this conservatorship. Another big difference is Amanda's parents actually want Amanda to move on. They've really vocalized like they want Amanda to close this chapter. They want her to start a new chapter and they don't want it. They don't want to be in a conservatorship. They want her to live her own life. So that she's really is getting support from her family to end this thing. And, you know, in the Britney situation, her family would have held her in a conservatorship. Honestly, probably the rest of her life. I, I really firmly believe that because, yeah, the Spears family is just I have a lot of choice words and we can get into that on a different episode. But uh, yeah, they, they would have held Britney in there for a very, very long time if the free Britney movement didn't take off and they weren't getting so much pressure from the press and just society. I, I really think they would have gone for a very long time. So her, uh, that's another major difference. Amanda's family is supportive of her getting out of this and Britney had to fight. Like if you listen to when she called the judge during her conservatorship hearing, like she tells the judge, like I have a diaphragm in and I want to get pregnant with the guy I've been with for years, but I can't even make the decision to take that out. Like, sorry, <laughs> she really was like a prisoner just in her own body. And like she couldn't make any of those decisions for herself. And sorry, <laughs> it just it upsets me so much to this day and. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is why we listen to the diving board, pod, diving board podcast, right? So we can 
hear this 30-year-old woman cry over Britney Spears, but (laughs) I just, I love her so much, and I never thought she would get freedom because for so many years, no one talked about this, and oh my God, no one, like no one talked about this, and I'm so happy that she is free now and she can make her own decisions because for so long, I didn't think she would ever be free, and it just makes me sorry. I'm so happy. And I just, I love her so much. You know, I've loved her for like 25 years. I've never wavered. So I'm just, I'm happy for, for Brittany and sorry, I can't believe I cried on the diving board podcast, but Brittany will always get me. I will defend Brittany to the death. There's, there's nobody I love in Hollywood as, as much as I do her. And you know what? I, Brittany, I hope she gets the baby she wants with Sam Oscari. I mean, he is probably the most beautiful man I have ever seen in my life. He's not in the top five because I would never do that to Brittany. But um, you know what? I, I hope she gets the baby she wants with him. It's like I... I don't ever want to be pregnant in life. I have no desire to do that. But if I had the honor to carry that man's baby, I would... I would jump at the chance. So I, I totally, absolutely get it. So sorry for having the breakdown for Britney Spears. I just, I, I love her so much and I'm very happy for her. And um, this brings me to one of my last points is these conservatorships. And like I said, I, I agree that sometimes they are appropriate, but um, in the case of the Britney case and Amanda, just because you suffer from a severe mental illness does not mean that you can't control it. And it does not mean that you need to be in a conservatorship your entire life or for large portions of your life, like decades and a very, very long time. You know, just because you have a severe mental illness doesn't mean that you are a constant danger to yourself and a constant danger to others. Like I said, a lot of mental illness, especially severe ones, they are a constant journey and they are stuff that you need to work to manage, but that does not mean that you can't work to manage those. And that also doesn't mean that you need to be in a conservatorship and have someone control you your entire life just because you suffer from that. You know, not every schizophrenic person or not every, you know, manic depressive person or bipolar person needs to be in a conservatorship. So I just want to say that you can manage these situations. And even people who don't have severe mental illness, we have breakdowns from time to time. I just had one two minutes ago, honestly, (laughs) who are we kidding? But you know, during quarantine, I had my fair share of breakdowns. And it didn't mean that that was going to be how I was my entire life and that I needed someone to control me. You know, in the words of Led Zeppelin, good times, bad times, you know, I've had my share. You know, see, I do have good taste in music. So I always said if I was an exotic dancer, I would dance to Good Times, Bad Times by Led Zeppelin. And I don't know why. I just, I love that vibe. Fun fact. (laughs) 
this has just become, this has really gone off the rails. I'm sorry. Um, but to wrap it up, I, you know, we wish everyone here well. We wish everyone Godspeed on the Diving Board Podcast, but especially right now, we wish Amanda Bynes the very best. I hope March 22nd goes amazing. I hope March 22nd is really the first day of the rest of her life. I just, I wish nothing but the best for her. I know her family has her back. Here at the Diving Board Podcast, we support Amanda Bynes through and through, sending all positive energy. And like I said, I just hope, I hope this is the start of a totally new life for her. So we will see. I will, of course, keep everyone updated on Diving Board Pod at Instagram. And yeah, we just, we wish Amanda Bynes the very best. We love her so much. And yeah, Godspeed, Amanda Bynes. We are praying for you, sending good vibes out. I'm, I'm excited for you for this new chapter in your life. So to wrap this up, that is the story of Amanda Bynes. Like I said, I'm excited for her future. I think she has a lot of great things ahead of her. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Diving Board Podcast. Thank you for enduring my raspy voice that keeps cracking and my random crying spell that came out of nowhere. Um, (laughs) If you want to stick with my crazy self, uh, please feel free to follow me on Instagram at divingboardpod. That's B-O-R-E-D. If you enjoyed this episode and you learned something and had fun, uh, please feel free to rate me, preferably five stars, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you're so inclined, please write me a review on Apple Podcasts. I would so appreciate it. It helps me out so much. So on that note, again, thank you all so much for following along and I will see you all next week. Take care, everyone.